Welcome to the Parenting Versus Podcast podcast, um, Riodoso Hot Tub Edition. There's a little bit of a hum happening. Um, that's because in a little bit of splashing, Lindsay and I are in the hot tub. Yeah, bro. In the hot tub in Riodoso. So, yeah, we, uh, journeyed out um, this morning um, from Albuquerque, headed out, stopped in Socorro for lunch, um, made a couple other stops, I think we stopped in Carrizozo, famous for their cider. Um, now we're sitting under some pine trees and, you know, kind of decompressing. It's been kind of a crazy day uh, with kids and with each other and you know, kind of emotional, but um, I think that talking about things is a good way to kind of let things out, to kind of sort through things, Um, and sometimes the podcast too, I think, is a little bit of a buffer for me and Lindsay, um, just because, you know, there's other people that are going to listen, and it kind of gets us talking. Um, I mean, I think that we can talk without the podcast I mean we obviously do we've been married married for a while so I mean we can talk but and also um, I'm kind of just a guy that likes to record things I always have I have some recordings of me and Lindsay talking um, that I just have just stashed away because that's just what I do I, I record things I take pictures I photograph I do all these things but um, even if I don't po- end up posting this I just like to I just like to look back and listen and you know maybe the kids will be listening to but yeah this is really relaxing um, I'm drinking a old chub they're from Long, I think it's called Longmont, Colorado. And it's really good. It's like a it's a dark beer. I don't know exactly what the type of beer would be, but pretty tasty. Anyway, um like I said, kind of emotional day. But one thing that kind of stood out to me was a podcast that we were listening to. I know podcasts are like a big part of our lives. Um, podcast that we were listening to is called um, Stronger Marriages. And one thing that kind of blew me away, I guess, I don't know if I was blown away or whatever, but the, pro- the podcast has done really well. Um, produced really well, organized really well. It has music and... Um, organized and all that other stuff but uh it's two people two uh, as a couple I don't know their names I know the man's name is Seth I don't know what the girl's name is I think it's like Jessica or something but um they were talking really in depth about one fight that they had and I could kind of imagine being there and witnessing what's going on and it was kind of just kind of a scary scene that they were describing um but I admired them being really honest and straightforward about what happens in marriage and 
how hard it is and um you know they were talking about how they loved each other and even even after going through these really difficult things um but I think that I can relate to them a bit because um mine and Lindsay's marriage isn't always pretty isn't always perfect um but you know um I know we love each other I know that we can laugh together we we get each other's humor um and humor I think is super important in a marriage so uh but uh I don't know it was just a, it was an interesting podcast so so yeah I'm gonna take another little sip of my beer Lindsay are you feeling better um I don't know I'm just kind of like you said I'm decompressing and I'm just looking at the stars and thinking a lot kind of inside my head right now to be honest with you so yeah well that's okay I'll keep talking and if you want to talk just let me know but um yeah we had some tough times with the kids today like Juliet, she's our one-year-old, and for some reason, she was just not having the drive out here. It's about a three-hour drive, and she, no matter what we tried, she just was crying and crying and crying, and, um, you know, we love our daughter a lot, but it's just, it's got super frustrating that we didn't know what to do, um, we were at each other because of it, and then Riley would mess with this, mess with her, and then Luke would mess with her, and Luke would mess with Riley and you know usually on these long trips um, if we're lucky all three of them will take a nap at the same time which is awesome you know or at least Juliet will take a nap and Juliet and Riley and then Luke will you know be doing his thing but nobody napped it was just fights and fights and fights all the way up so it was kind of crazy but um yeah so Lindsay um, is kind of silent right now, but she was saying that she was looking at the stars, and I love I love coming out to the forests here in New Mexico and just kind of checking out the stars. Um, Albuquerque's not crazy huge, but it you know it's it's enough to um, make our stars pretty dim. You know the lights, uh, the the light pollution in Albuquerque is is pretty pretty heavy, I guess, compared to other places. But when you come out to the forest in New Mexico, you can see all, you can see so many more stars. Um, tonight, you can see some stars because it's a pretty we have a pretty bright moon today. Um, in fact, let me see. I can see the moon. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, it's not quite full, but it's super bright. Um, so, but but we can still see a lot of stars, and as as I was staring at the stars, I was thinking about the, um, the recent, what's up? Did you hear something? That was my foot doing this. Yeah. There might be some bears out here in this wilderness or raccoons or something. But, um, I was thinking about the total, total eclipse. Yeah. I was thinking about the eclipse that happened recently and you know the difference is between a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse a lunar eclipse um what we're seeing is earth's shadow casts on the moon which is pretty awesome 
And then a solar eclipse, what's happening is the moon is getting in front of the sun. And that's what, you know, that's the eclipse, pretty basic. But then I started thinking about, like, what would it be like to be on the moon during a solar eclipse? To see the moon's shadow cast on Earth. I think that would have been a really an awesome experience if somebody can ever, you know, maybe we'll have colonies on the moon in the future. Like that movie, oh, there's a movie, I can't remember what it was called, but... The Martian? Uh, not The Martian, but there was a movie where they had... Um, colonies but they were like orbiting like a big space station uh, but it was like only rich people that lived on on the colonies and then like the really poor people lived on earth um, I can't remember I think I don't know maybe it was Tom Cruise or something Matt Damon, Matt Damon. <laughs> but um, that'd be really awesome to be on the moon to see a solar eclipse I wonder, I wonder if you're on the moon if it's called an earth eclipse <laughs> a Terra eclipse or something but um, who knows, maybe people will listen to this podcast 100 years from now, you know, be all old-timey to them, and they're going to, you know, be really fascinated at how people back in 2017 really, you know, kind of thought about these things, and now it's a reality to them. Um, but uh, yeah, I was thinking about what that would look like, and I think it would be really cool. So... So yeah, when I stare in the stars, I kind of think on those things. And and also I think about how far away those stars are and how long it takes the light from stars to leave the star and then travel all this way and then finally hit my eyeballs. Um, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome because light has a consistent speed, you know, the speed of light, and it takes... You know, even even some of the closest stars, um, I mean, besides our own, it takes you know many many years. Not may, maybe just it takes years to get from the star to me, and I, th- I just think that's really cool. Some stars it takes you know lots and lots of years to get to us. So there was an article um, this week. I forgot what it was called exactly, but they were talking about. Um, how I, I don't remember the word they use but it's a sound in space and it was repeating itself it was a signal there's a certain type of signal that they could pick up um, and this certain signal that they picked up was repetitive and it was coming from the same spot in space it was a repetitive signal which is interesting because they've picked up these signals before but they've never been repetitive like in a pattern and they said it was 3,000 light years away. So it's just now getting to us. So whatever that, that noise is or that pattern or that signal happened 3,000 years ago and we're just now picking it up. It's pretty incredible. It's either, well, I know na- a lot of patterns happen naturally, you know, but. Uh, like like some form of intelligent life or communication, but I mean, it's it wouldn't be. I don't know. I mean, there's no proof of that. And even if there was, it's 3,000 light years away. Yeah, that's true. I think our brains automatically go to intelligence. Um, I mean, you can think about, and this happens to me sometimes, when there's like a dark room 
and you look and you kind of see something like a silhouette or a figure, automatically your mind kind of just goes to, oh, it's a person. But when you turn... Your brain is wired, you're supposed to make sense out of nothingness. Right. You're supposed to make sense out of patterns and stuff. So maybe that's, you know, we tend to jump to, oh, there's something behind it. But a lot of times in nature, there like patterns exist. Like, have you seen... Even just like, well, I guess that's like a... It's more of a theological, philosophical question. Because I think people want to know that they're not alone in the universe. We have an innate desire to not feel alone. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can think about probability. And my kids, uh, my students, I teach ninth grade, but my students were asking me about these things. I teach biology, but for some reason... Oh, I was talking about, you know, scientific terms and... Uh, scientists and biologists use uh, a term called uh, the biosphere. Bio means life, sphere is the shape, it's earth. Um, and right now, the only known life that we have ever seen is the earth, the planet, the planet we live on right now, planet earth. Um, so we started talking about, oh, is there life on other planets, mister? I know their aliens are real, mister. And I'm like, well, um, there might be. You know, the chances are, if you talk about probability, like think about how many stars there are, think about how many planets are orbiting those stars, how many of those planets are in the Goldilocks zone. Well, the crazy um, thing too is that like an alien life form could just be a cell that's foreign to us. You know what I mean? A mm-hmm. cell mutation. It doesn't, we, we tend to go to the hyper evolutionary perspective of things, but really, I mean, it could just be like, Molecules or cells that are foreign to Earth that exist somewhere else. Right. And then we started talking about what makes something alive. And cells is one of those things that makes something alive. If it has cells, if it reproduces, if it grows and develops, if it responds to its environment, all these other things. Like, these are all things that make something alive. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe there is. But, uh... I just think it's a little bit arrogant that we assume they're interested in us if there is. Like, we're not that interesting. Maybe they think that our way of life is kind of petty. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're just like, eh, no thanks. Or maybe it's just like bacteria on a planet somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could be either. Like, the bacteria here that doesn't really care that we exist. Right. It, well, it has no reason to. It doesn't impact. Like, we don't impact their life at all, so it has no reason to mutate or change. Or right. And they just that. they just exist. Like, they, you know, bacteria is not aware of itself. That you know of. So, I don't know. It was interesting we were talking about that. And then I was, you know, I mentioned the Goldilocks zone. You know, a place that's around its star that is not too hot, not too cold. And, I'm, and I kind of mentioned to some of the kids, like, you guys have heard of the story of the uh, Goldilocks and the three bears, right? And I started to go through it. And and I stopped myself for a second. I was like, yeah, no, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand the story. You know, it's bears and they live in a cabin and they're eating porridge. And one of my kids, he's super, super sharp. He's like, well, Mr. Dominguez, um, it's it's futile to try to gain logic out of a fairy tale. And I'm like, I was like, whoa, you're ninth grade. I've never had anybody like tell me. He basically shut you down. He shut me down. I was like, well, okay, yeah, true. And then. Did he use the word futile? Yes. I don't know what he is, but he's smart. Does he believe in nothing, Lebowski? He might. Um, and then he started to talk to me about symbiotic relationships and nature, and, like, I hadn't even gone into that yet, which is 
crazy. I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're smart, dude. So, anyway. Speaking of space, I have a, a friend out there who doesn't believe that we actually landed on the moon, and I... Out there in space? No, he's not out there in space. I think if he was, he'd believe that. Um, he's from our small group, and I'm not going to use names because I'm not a total jerk, but I just wanted to say that my counter, my counter discussion, if he's listening, because I didn't get a chance to tell him, was that if we didn't land on the moon, like the Russians would be all over that. It was like Cold War era competition. So if we didn't and we made that up, you can guarantee they would have been all over that nonsense. And their space program's actually pretty amazing and they still did it. So either way, people have been to the moon. So I just wanted to clear that up for you. All right. I am not a hater. I am not a doubter. I have no reason to think that that was a giant hoax. What a hoax. <laughs> um, I mean, I would hear out the reasons, I guess, but I don't know. I just think it's yeah. fair to play devil's advocate and hear why people think that or don't think yeah. that. Do you want to get out of this here hot tub or are you yeah, good? There's some M&Ms in the freezer that are calling my name, actually. Do you want to get out? Yeah. All right, we're going to get out and make some noise for a second and dry up. Um, ooh, and I also don't want to pass out either, so. It's not even that hot. It's like a warm type. So, can you grab this glass? All right, I'm going to keep talking. Um, you want to close the hot tub? Sure, I'll close it in a minute. Can you hold the mic? Yeah, I could, but let me... Yeah, so... Yeah, space has always been really interesting to me. Um, I remember looking at the stars with my dad. I remember my dad being really fascinated and interested in the stars and kind of oh, we got a different sound in here talking to me about the stars when I was a kid and the first time I the first time I um, remember learning about light years was from my dad I remember just staring at the stars and wondering about light years and how crazy it is that there are things that are so far away that it takes them, it takes light years to get to us. You know, as a kid, I'm like, well, when I turn my light on in my, in my bedroom or in the house, you know, it doesn't take a while for the light to hit my eyes. It's instant, right? But for something to be that far away, just kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, and I've always been really in awe of the vastness of our universe and just the things that are out there and what is out there, what's not out there, what little we know, which is another crazy thing. Like, we don't really even know much about our solar system. I mean, we, I mean, we know a lot, but do we know what's happening on Europa? Or, you know, any of the other moons of Jupiter or Saturn. You know, there's there's so much that we have no clue what's happening. Um, but it's just 
really interesting to me. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna grab a beer um, and sit down with Lindsay and we'll, we'll get more into this conversation here in just a second. Okay, we're back um, inside on a couch in a cabin in Rio Doso. How We sound kind of mopey, I think, right now. Yeah, maybe. Are we mopey? I don't know if it's mopey or just, like, I just feel worn out. Like, I feel like I've just been drained of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mopey. I just, I feel, like, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually tired. Yeah. And the hot tub probably didn't help. I mean, it did, but it didn't. I'm just more relaxed. Yeah, when you get out of a hot tub, you're, like, really kind of drained physically, yeah. Um, cabin's nice, though. Uh, appliances are from, like, the 1980s, early 1980s, late 70s. I think I might have posted something on our Instagram about that. Yeah, the micro... I, I would say 1984, oh, 1983. Yeah, I, I put a picture of our microwave timer and our... 1980s era Toastmaster like literally it has a timer and it's like those little numbers that flip I can't even I don't even know what they're called yeah it's not digital yeah. not digital what is that even called I don't analog is it I think it's analog but it's like the little flip numbers it's weird because I was like I was gonna make popcorn for Luke and I'm like I don't even know how to do this like <laughs> I feel like a 1980s idiot well, kudos to the 1980s for making a microwave that lasts, you know, over 30 years. And baffling us in the future. Yeah. I figured it out. I mean, I just put it at like nine minutes because I couldn't get it to move. And I just stopped it when I thought the popcorn was ready and it seemed to be okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about some weird scenario, like a story about us waking up tomorrow morning. And it being 1982. That would be kind of cool, too. That'd be awesome. Being, be it, being 1982. I'd be like, let's just stay here. Yeah. I haven't even been born yet. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. If you're in 1982 and you were born in 1983, would there be some kind of like time loophole where you wouldn't be born because you're already existing? If you were born in 1983 and yeah. you do what? So if you are born in 1983, but like right now we time warped to 1982 where we were not alive yet... Mm-hmm. Would we not be born then in 1983? Because if we time warped to 19, 1982, we'd still we'd already exist. I think you would just be present in two different timelines. Well, but then then you'd almost have to be like if you were in your mom's stomach. You would just be present in those timelines. But you can't exist or occupy the same space at the same time. It's the same physical space, but time is. I think time is different than space. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to eat an M&M and think about that. <laughs> um, so, do you hear that? It's the bane of your existence. I don't care. Um, it's not the bane of my existence. It's an M&M. So... <laughs> I'm getting a look. Stop it. Stop what? Doing that. Doing what? 
I know what you're doing. You're trying to put the microphone up to my face so that I'll hear myself eating when we listen to this, and you'll be like, see, that's what you sound like. No, I would never do that. You're right. I would never do that. So what I was thinking is um, something like Groundhog Day or something, like where we're kind of stuck in time. I really hope it wouldn't be this like crappy day over and over again. No. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, my mind's kind of fried. How about yours? I'm just getting started. Yeah? <laughs> I sort of feel like it. I was a little defeated earlier. Um, and then the cherry on top of that. Well, there was a couple cherries, but one of them was that... I a rotten like, cherry? Yeah. Because you like cherries. I do like cherries a lot. Yeah, a rotten cherry with a worm in it. Um, I went to go get groceries for the cabin. Got all the way to the store and realized I left my wallet at the cabin. So I had to find somebody and be like, hey, can you put my cart like in the back in the cooler and then can I come back and pay for this? I just really don't want to put it all back, but I promise I'll be back. And then I sent Lorenzo back with the money. And then Riley dropped a glass, a really heavy glass, and broke it everywhere. And I kind of lost it with him. It was That was probably the cherry on top of a crap night. But I just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That was just like... That put me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I should preface... I, should, I don't know. I should say like... So I deal with like anxiety and depression and, and typically like anxiety and depression are friends. They hang out. Um, if you have anxiety, you usually have a little bit of depression. If you have depression, you usually have a little bit of anxiety. It's just that one is always like a little bit stronger in the overlap than the other. And for me, um, the anxiety is the stronger of the two. Like the depression's manageable, but the anxiety gets overwhelming. And for some people, it's the other way around. Some people you know, the depression gets overwhelming and the anxiety is manageable. So yeah. I don't know. Um, so there's days where like, I have sympathy anxiety, by the way. I don't know if that's a thing, but when you're anxious, I get insanely anxious. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's your fault or well, anything. It is, I guess. No, let me say that again. I'm not saying it's your fault. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I wouldn't wish anxiety or depression on anybody it's terrible like it's weird because you can have really good days weeks months and you're like oh cool I'm, I'm good everything's fine and then it takes like one bad day and you're like everything just falls apart and it's like little things just send you off and you're like just done and it's exhausting and I hate it um I hope it will get easier with time as our kids get older, but right now it's it's been really hard. Yeah. It's been hard to cope and deal with it, and I have a lot of pressure. Did you have anxiety before kids? Um. Because I, I'm not gonna try. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but my observation is that kids kind of trigger your anxiety. I think I've always had a little bit of anxiety, but before kids, it was easy to curb because I only had to worry about myself. And I used to go out, and I would get social anxiety a little bit. Like, I hate going to parties. I hate going to house parties. I hate going to barbecues. I hate that stuff. Not because they're bad things, but because I don't like being around, like, tons of people all the time. For me, that's exhausting, emotionally. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to explain it, but... No, it's, I think a lot of people have that. I used to 
I just like drink, you know what I mean? I used to just like have a couple drinks to like take the edge off and that would work. But you can't do that with kids. I mean, that's, I I guess you could, could. but you wouldn't be a very good parent. Um, No, kids just sort of, I think it's controllable when, when it's just you because you know it works for you. And if you can control yourself, that's good enough. But you can't control other people and you can't control kids especially and if they're mad or sad or hungry or cranky or they're having a bad day like you have no control over that but you're still taking the brunt of it um and so you're trying really hard to control yourself but the anxiety is just sort of like feeding off of whatever bad mood they're in and so it's kind of like a ping pong effect and it it sucks it's it's hard yeah you know like if I get anxious at work I can handle it because I'm at work and I I know what I need to do to like deal with it Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about anybody else, just myself. But with kids, it's it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people might deal with that or go through that and might be embarrassed to talk to other moms or other dads about it. But um, really, I don't, I don't think it's that uncommon. I, th- I just think it's something that might not be talked a lot There's about. There's a big stigma behind that Mm -hmm. stereotypes and truth is you love your kids with all your heart like you really do but certain things just and I know I know that it's hard for you to go on trips with the kids I hate it I'll be honest it's hard for you to go to go to an an isotopes game with the kids because it causes me a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to control it but then it's like I'm I'm supposed to be having fun it's supposed to be something that's fun and relaxing and instead it just triggers like these crazy anxiety driven moments. And then I look like a jerk because it's like, what do you mean you don't want to take your kids? And it's like, it's not that I don't want to take them. It just isn't what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. The isotopes are our local baseball team. If you're not from Albuquerque, it's actually the Albuquerque isotopes. So if you're a Simpsons fan, there's an episode about it and it's old news to us, but I saw one of your friends yeah. notice that we were the Albuquerque isotopes yeah. and he was like freaking out. Yes, that is our that is our baseball team. They're triple A, um, which is it's minor leagues. They're like the step right below major leagues. And um we feed to the Colorado Rockies uh baseball team. But yeah. anyway, yeah, it's for me, when I go to baseball games with the kids, I kinda I our middle kid Riley, um, I give him a little, I give him a little bit of freedom, not too much freedom, but if he's if he's confined, if he's if he knows he's on lockdown, he freaks out. But if you give him just enough freedom, you know he he can he can handle he can deal. If you give him too much freedom, then he gets into trouble. That sounds a lot like me. But you give him just enough freedom so that he doesn't freak out. Um. So that's kind of how I deal with them. And when I'm at home, I put up a baby gate. I close doors. Um, I have food and drinks for all three of the kids. And then I'll do my thing. I'll read a book. I'll play a video game. I'll uh, lay with them. I'll watch a movie. I'll just relax. And they'll be wandering around in the area that I have let them handle. And they just do their thing. And if they get in trouble, they get in trouble. You know, I'll... I'll correct them but yeah, that that part's easy for me and I know that you have a hard time with that well 
I think the dynamic is different too when you're the mom. I'm not saying that it's it's like a more important role or anything. It's just that when you're a mom, kids tend to want more from you. I don't know why that is. Well, but they just do. You can condition dogs to behave in a certain way, and our kids are way smarter than dogs. So I think that you maybe you have unintentionally conditioned them to. I mean, I'm I might be wrong, but I'm probably wrong. I don't know. Um, the other part about anxiety that's hard though is like, and people don't, it's like a, the nasty part of the cycle is like guilt because you know that you're overreacting, like consciously, you know that, but it's such an overpowering emotion that you can't help it. And then afterwards you feel really guilty and bad and that just makes you feel worse. And then it just feeds back into feeling anxious about feeling guilty about it's it's not like people don't get it if you haven't ever dealt with anxiety or depression like you don't get it um a lot of people equate it to feeling like you're drowning and that's kind of true like you it's like you're trying to tread water but you're getting so tired that you start slipping and then you just you're getting so so tired that like you just feel like you can't do it anymore and then you just sink yeah and it's it's hard and you know i the worst thing <laughs> The worst thing you can say to somebody who's dealing with anxiety is like, you just need to calm down or it's going to be fine because in that moment when you're dealing with that, you can't calm down and you don't feel fine. And so people can try to rationally say that and that might work for people that are dealing with rational emotions. But when you're anxious, like it, that doesn't work. It just, it just makes you feel more guilty afterwards and it sucks. I've had people say that. Well, you just need to pray through it. And I'm like, yeah, um, if that was that easy, I would do that. What makes you think I haven't done that? And then you feel guilty because people will put all these stigmas on you. Like maybe if you're just like more spiritual or, you know, you're less this or you're more that or you spend more time with your kids or you do less of that or whatever. Like, and then that just makes you feel guilty because it makes you feel like you're defective as a parent. You just need to have a closer walk with God, young lady. Yeah, it's that kind of crap that makes me want to punch you in the face. You know, I'm, I'm not serious, right? Yes, I know. I'm saying if anybody said that to me, like the reason you have oh, I anxiety. Oh, I thought you were saying that you wanted no. to punch me in the face like right no, now. No, the reason you have anxiety or, anxiety or depression is because like you're... Anxiety? Anxiety and depression. Anxiety and depression is because like you're, you're something spiritually, like you're not spiritual enough. That's a load of crap. It's just like a cold. If you're sick or you have something wrong with you that is like a little bit beyond your control like you're not going to tell somebody who has the flu like hey stop having the flu yeah 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 and as a couple we need to learn how to how to get through anxiety because I, like I said when you're anxious like I'm typically not an anxious person but I'm anxious at that moment yeah and I know that you know it's it's overwhelming sometimes and you just kind of have to stay you just have to stay sane somehow. I but. just, for me, it's crazy because I always feel like when it, when it's me and the three kids by myself, like, and we're off routine or we're doing something like that we don't normally do, like, I feel like for whatever reason, the crap always hits the fan. It's like, it's almost like I feel anxious going into those situations because I know it's not going to go smoothly. And that, that's hard. Like, well, like at group on Tuesday, like you had class and I was there and with the kids and you know Riley fell off the trampoline and hurt himself and then Luke peed his pants right after that 
and Juliet decided that she wanted to scream and cry and didn't want to be put down and it was just like a nightmare and I was just like I I don't know mm -hmm. I mean I'm thankful for our small group because they helped a lot but like for me that kind of stuff stresses mm -hmm. me out like I would rather just not go I think that would stress everybody any, anybody out really yeah. but there's some people who can just roll with things yeah I don't know Sometimes I can roll with things like I it is it doesn't really bother me too much like I can I can handle having all three of the kids and take them on a hiking trip or whatever but I know that's hard hard for you and I I understand I understand that's hard for you I don't I might I maybe not I maybe might not understand why it's hard for you but I understand that it is hard for you I so I I honor that and I respect that um so what I'll do is I'll just do those you know on my own I want to be a part of those things, though. I want to get to the point where I can deal with it. I just... Well, right now you don't. Right? What? I mean, it's not like... I mean, I understand. And I, it's okay. I'm okay with it. But... For me, I just... Well, I would like to at least make the effort and have that be appreciated, but it's not always... The effort to, to go... Like on a hiking trip or something? Or to like the ruins or like when we do do those things, I don't feel like I ever get any like... When we went to the ruins, This we went to, what was it called, Korai? Ruins? Um, I don't know why ruins, the word ruins is kind of is funny to me. But um, it's an old uh, like church. What are they called? What were, they, what were those settlements? Mission? Like a mission. Um, a Spanish mission from... Was it the 1400s or 1500s or something? Really awesome built, uh, like structure, but it's you know falling apart because it's hundreds of years old. Um, we went there this summer, and I thought that was a really fun trip. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like stressful. No, it wasn't. But the thing is, I feel like when we have successes, like I don't get credit for that either. Oh, I feel super. I feel super grateful like when we get to doing those things. Like I, I wish you'd say it more because I love it. that. Like I know that it's hard for you to do those things, and and I know that anytime I, I get to, I get a wild hair because I you know. I want to go to the Sandias or something. The Sandia, Sandia Peak is about a thirty minute drive from Albuquerque, and it's, ten over ten thousand feet above sea level. And sometimes, you know, well when Lindsay worked, we used to have opposite schedules. Lindsay, I know, yeah. it'll be okay. Um, wake them up. <laughs> we won't. Um, we used to have opposite schedules where Lindsay would work during the day at. Uh, she used to work at a juvenile detention center as a substitute teacher, Which and I worked nights, you know, doing tech support um, in a call center. And during that schedule, you know, when I was with Luke, it was just it was just Luke at the time. I would just randomly just take him up to the peak and go for hikes with them. I had a hiking pack. I used to actually, there was a, you know, the Rocky Mountains are here, not here, not in Albuquerque, but in New Mexico. Um, I would take them to Santa Fe up into the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, and we would do these really long hikes, and I'd have him in the pack, and he was probably a year old, maybe a year and a half. Um, he would fall asleep in the pack eventually. Um, I, those are some of my favorite memories with Luke, by the way, just like, I remember me that. and him doing these hikes and we would do them a lot um but it was harder for you to come because i know sometimes he would cry and you just you worry about every single detail and where i like the details like i i, I make sure that i have <clears throat> food um something to drink 
I have, um, I make sure everything is safe. Like I have my cell phone, I make sure it's charged, I have a charger, I make sure I'm not out of cell phone coverage, I make sure that I have, you know, a full tank of gas and that, you know, I, I try to make sure that everything is safe. You know, the first, the first time I had a major, like, panic attack with, like, postpartum, when I realized, like, this isn't normal, was with Luke when he was about that age. And I was in the car and I was driving to Target, I think, or something. I remember, was it on, was Montgomery. it on, uh, oh, I, was, I thought I was, like, on Wyoming. I was on Montgomery. You weren't there. I know, but I remember you calling me. And I, he was crying and screaming in the back seat, and I was trying to comfort him and drive, and he just started crying and screaming and crying and screaming, and I just got so panicked. I had to pull over, and I, I didn't know what to do. It was just like this big mental block. It was just, it was really scary. Like, I've never felt so helpless before. Um, it was scary. And the thing that sucks is, like, I, I know I can be a fun person, I know I'm an outgoing person. I know that I have a decent personality, but I'm just not like that around kids. Like I, I, I'm fine around adults. I enjoy hanging out with adults. I'm social, whatever. But I am not a little kid person, and and I feel bad saying that because I have little kids and I love my my kids. But like, I would much rather deal with teenagers on a regular basis than like. I mean, I did <laughs> for work, like the worst teenagers, <laughs> they were in jail. Um, but it's just weird because it's hard, it's hard to like find that balance of guilt and like, I love my kids, but I don't love this age. And like, people always say, oh, you'll look back on this and you'll miss it. And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> no, I won't. Like, I don't, I don't miss Luke being I think, a little baby. I, I don't think miss that, it. I think that right now. You're like, I'm not going to miss this. And I think that there are a lot of parents who even say that when they're your age. But we don't know what we're going to think in 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? We might say, look look back and like just be really you know, fond of these memories with our kids. And man, I, I Riley is, is tough. Luke is tough. Julia is tough. Like we... I think it's because we have to sacrifice so much of our life in order to be good parents. Um, it's it's a lot. It really is. It takes a lot out of you as a parent. But when you look back and you're like, man, I just love my kids so much that you remember these memories and and you don't care about like the hard things. You just are, are just so happy that they are who they are or whatever. I think that's what parents probably do. And like they like I think that I think that we should I think that we should value what people say. Mm-hmm. especially older people yeah. who have kids yeah. and who have kids that are grown and say, Hey, just appreciate them because you're going to, you're going to miss this age that ha- we hear that all the time. It's super consistent. And I think that, I think that we shouldn't dismiss that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not dismissing it. It's just, it's just hard. Like I, I feel like life is going so fast. It's hard to enjoy it. Like it's hard it's hard to sit and actually savor this like right now for what it is like yeah. you know we weren't planning on having Juliet we didn't she was a surprise um she was a good surprise but still you know we weren't like not planning her though no I she mean, was equally as planned as our other two I would disagree with that but um but we, the, we, did, we did not we're not planners me and you we're just not anyway I'm sorry no but 
I, I didn't, I wasn't ever planning on having three kids. Like that wasn't what I, what I foresaw for my life. And that's okay. I mean, it is what it is and I'm happy that she's here and I, having a daughter is a, like a different experience than having sons and it's a really cool one and I'm really grateful for the experience. But it's like, I want to be able to savor that and, and life is going so fast that I feel like I just, I can't, you know, like I actually am enjoying having her at that age, but I also feel like I can't enjoy it because I'm so busy with the other two that it's like, I can't slow down. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just, it's just hard right now. Yeah. It's really hard right now. I agree. It is. You know, it is, it's, it's hard. Like parenting is hard. Yeah. There's no way around it. Like, and sometimes I wonder too, because in the day and age that we live in, in the, you know, in the Facebook, in the Facebook world, you just see these perfect parents. Pinterest mommies. And you know, it's funny. I wonder too, I wonder if people think that we're, a per- we're like perfect no, parents. No, they definitely don't think we're perfect parents. Why, why don't they think that? Because I'm honest about it. But we post pictures about our kids and stuff, and I think that people probably think some things about us. Whatever. Let them think what they want. But, no, I get you. But it's like, you know, I feel like we need to be honest with ourselves. Like, I don't know. There's a few certain truths. Like, you can never prepare somebody who hasn't had kids for what it's going to be like. You can tell them all you want, but they're not going to get it until they have kids. Period. You know what I mean? Like, there's no such thing as perfect parenting. There's no formula for it. Because each kid is different, each set of parents is different, each family dynamic is different. There's no perfect formula for that. But the other thing is like parenting is ugly and it's messy and people don't people don't talk about it as much as they should. They're not upfront about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's always like, Oh, parenting and being a mom is just like the most wonderful thing in the world and I I was born to be a mom and I'm like, you know what though? Like it's okay to be honest. Sometimes you don't always have to sugarcoat it, you know? And what comes to my mind, too, is the people that, like, hate kids with a passion and don't have kids at all. Yeah. And they kind of, they have these disgruntled posts on Facebook about how awesome life is without kids. And I kind of, I kind of wonder, too, like... Is that like, them just trying to convince themselves? Right. Or compensate for the fact that they don't, or... Right. Who knows? Because parenting is hard... And I think they probably know that. And maybe they thought through it too much. And they're like, man, I don't want to give up my life for kids. And I'm just not going to have them. Because I just want to do whatever my hobbies are. I'm just in love with my hobbies. My hobbies are my kids. And I, I don't know. No, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, like, would you, would you give up having kids to be able to travel or do art? You should ask me on a different day. <laughs> No, honestly, it's not the day to ask. But I, I know, I know, I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is because you, you love your kids. No, I do. I mean, I I would have maybe chosen to strategically do things a little differently, but. um, But you got, you got to think about the gives and takes with that, though. You're like, oh, maybe I'll wait till I'm forty to have kids. Okay. No, and that's the thing. I wouldn't want to make that decision at 40. Like, I wouldn't... And, and if people do and they're comfortable with that, great. For me, that's not that's not for me. Um, I don't want to be an older parent. I think having kids is hard enough at 33. I can't imagine being, like, 60 when they graduate from <laughs> school. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't... I don't know. I can't wrap my head around that. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. When when we're forty, Juliet will be. How old am I now? You're thirty-four. Okay, so Juliet will be six. Yeah. Um, so she'll be I'm in the first saying, grade. Like it's it's hard to like think about that. It's hard to think about like being older than this and trying to keep up with young kids. Like it's already hard. You know, I feel like our parents did it really young. Like my parents had me at twenty-one. I can't. I mean, that seems like a child to me. Like that is so young. But at the same time, you know, they weren't super old parents, like, chasing me around. (laughs) Yeah. And when they were 40, you were, let's say, 21. 20. My parents were pretty young in the batch of parents that, like, had kids at my school. My parents were kind of young. So by the time you graduated, they were in their late 40s, late 30s. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, do you feel a little better? Yeah, thanks for talking it out. Yeah. I'm looking at this picture above this mantle in this cabin, and it's a horse, and I can't tell if it's gold or tan, and it's silhouette, and it's just a very majestic-looking horse. I was looking at that horse, too. He looks like he's walking away. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, because I, I don't typically think horses, like in art, are that exciting, but I actually do like that. I just like the brush strokes. I think it's cool, because it's just interesting um but then there's those like cocapellis at the bottom which totally destroy the whole thing <laughs> people are obsessed with cocapellis i hate them here they're so weird and there's like a hide like a slab of leather and it's trying to be native american but you can tell it's totally just like some like preschool some white artist <laughs> oh i mean yeah <laughs> like it's just not authentic like anyway this in any is- way this house is kind of weird because like there's like the art is sort of tasteful here in this room like that is pretty nice like there's this canvas and it's just sort of like art nouveau but and then there's the horse and everything but then as you go further into the bedrooms the art gets really cheesy there's a really creepy picture of a little like boy holding a pig and he's got (laughs) this like creepy face kind of scary um yeah but Reminds me of creepy faces in the Portland hotel we stayed in this oh, summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, faces just kind of the way people do it. I have a creep face me on out. my shirt right now. Oh. Um, free to call. Free to call. Yeah. She doesn't have a unibrow in your in that though. I know. I feel like she should. She should have a unibrow. Uh, bummer. Um. I got so. this one on sale. It was a misprint, so maybe that was the misprint. <laughs> they, they, they forgot the they unibrow. Forgot the unibrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Uh. Um. Yeah, so I, I, I called in uh, work today. Reluctantly. I, I hate calling in for some I reason. I love watching you squirm over that, by the way. It's um, hilarious. I don't know why. I just feel like I have this responsibility. Like, I have to work. Um, That's where we're different. But I have all these sick hours that are accumulating. I don't mean responsibility, by the way. I just mean I wouldn't stress it. If I needed the day, I would take the day. Yeah. Um, so... I didn't want to call in, but I, I did. I called in. I have used some of my sick time. And I don't know where I was going with that. I don't either. The M&M crunching kind of distracted me. I told you. I knew you were going to say that. Hmm? I'm going to go over there and get some water, and you can sign off. I'm not going to sign off. I wanted to talk about all kinds of more things. That's going to be an hour. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, let me see your phone. I did want to talk about one kind of thing. 
a little bit. And that was how I um What was I talking about, Lens? Boys holding pigs. No, uh, calling in. And I was going to ask you how your week went. That's why I was bringing that up. But um, you know, it was, a, it was a short short week for me. And then it's you know it's Labor Day, so we have a, have a four day weekend, and you know that was nice. But uh, um, I don't know where I was going to go with that. You know, I was I, I was reading some books, and I was just kind of I was just kind of noticing. Um, I was just kind of noticing how there's a trend in Christianity just to start questioning a lot of things and I gotta sneeze <coughs> see how you are oh my gosh but I, I finished I finally finished the book I, fi- I, I finished it I just this is the last time I'll talk about it. Lindsay hates she hates the book no I don't hate the book but I don't hate the book I just I feel like every time we do this podcast, you talk about the book. The book. Well, I'm done with it. Okay. In the, in, in the book, I feel like she wasn't really answering any questions. She was just asking the questions. And, and she was okay with that by the end of the book, like just asking the questions. So, I don't know. There's a lot more that I wanted to go into with Christianity that's like always on my mind just like what I believe and stuff um but I guess we'll talk about it next time Lindsay's like has a zombie look on her face and she just wants me to shut up wow I so, didn't say that at huh? all I didn't say that <laughs> I know you didn't say that I'm just saying alright but anyway thanks guys for listening with us um and uh, maybe next time we'll have a better. Then she's telling me to hurry up. I'm telling you to she's cut like, it move, off, man. Move along. She's doing like she does all these hand signals because, every time. That's not good radio. Hard, no, you have a hard time like wrapping it up. So, so, I can talk. I can babble. If I want to. It's my podcast, and yours too, equally. Um, <laughs> face palm. That's what Lindsay's doing right now. So, anyway, guys. Um, Thank you very much for hanging out with us, Um, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Talk to you later.